The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. One of the things that can start to happen as we explore being aware and just noticing awareness, what we're aware of, is that we do become more attuned to the experience of being aware itself. It's not exactly the goal of this practice, but it is um, an aspect of our experience that we can be aware of and that there's some value to noticing it partly um, when we can recognize the quality of the awareness, notice that we are aware, we we can kind of be attuned to when that awareness gets contracted, when it gets distracted, when it is spacious, when it is um, settled, and so we, we can begin to know something about kind of the, the, uh, the quality of the mind that is meeting experience. And this quality of the mind that meets experience is kind of where all of the messiness starts to happen <laughs> when, it's, when it's contracted, when it's confused, when it's aversive, when it's um, wanting something to happen. That's where things get all tied up in knots. And so we we can start to become familiar with this experience of being aware of awareness itself. It, um, the first few times I really stumbled into it, and it did feel kind of like a stumbling into it in a way. It's just like it was spoken about and, um, kind of described a little bit and then there was an experience and it's like, oh, this is what, this is what they're talking about. This is what that means. And um, it was a very clear kind of experience and it was, it was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Uh, And the experience seems so simple and so clear. The mind seems so relaxed and balanced and at ease and it's like, oh, this is it. This is what I'm going for. This is the direction. This is where this practice heads. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And the next, like, three sittings, I gave myself a tremendous headache trying to get there. And so I'm warning you. (laughs) It's not exactly the goal of the practice, but it can be very uh, seductive in that way because it does feel so clear. But it's only one way in which the mind can be really clear in, in meeting experience. And so um, I went to Saito Tejani and described what had been going on about you know, trying to find this experience and having noticed that I was aware of awareness. And, and not only that, it was like I was aware of awareness and aware of objects at the same time. It was, it was so cool, you know, and it was, it was like, wow, you know, how, it, it just seems so clear and so obvious. And, and I was trying to do that. And he kind of looked at me and said, don't try to do that. <laughs> He said, just notice when the 
the mind will switch between being aware of awareness and being aware of objects. It, do, it's natu- it has that capacity. It can do that naturally. Sometimes it, it's a subtle experience, and it's one that I never would have seen if it wasn't pointed out to me that it was possible to see it. And so it's useful to kind of talk about it, to even if you didn't get a flavor of it in that sitting you know, it's useful to just kind of talk about it a little bit because at some point there might be in a, in, a, in a sitting, you might stumble into it like I did. It's like, oh, this is what they're talking about. And, and, and then it becomes um, kind of something that we can notice, we can be aware of. And because it's, it's a capacity of mind, again, it's a natural human capacity to be aware of awareness. It's not something that Buddhist meditators made up. It's something that happens. And so, uh, but it is subtle. And so sometimes it does take having it pointed out that it's possible to, to notice that. But as Sayadaw said, just notice when your mind is doing that and notice when it shifts to, to objects. And that became much more flexible it's so like sometimes the mind was aware that it was aware, and other times it just went into the objects. And it was much more ease than just seeing that back and forth shifting between those two. So there's some opportunity now for questions, comments, about anything from the day. Yeah. It was a delightful experience to become aware of awareness. And it felt like a very sort of large, enveloping mist. Oh, another thing here I'll say. Yeah, so, so you had a flavor of being aware of awareness. Mm-hmm. There are multiple versions of being aware of awareness. And so even that one, it's not like even that one is the only way it can happen. So that's that's another thing. It's like just like so I have more we, to look we, we might to. Tr- kind, kind of try to go for that one, that yeah. spacious quality. So yeah, so go on. Yes, um, but it felt like love actually. Felt, felt like love. Yeah, it just felt like that's beautiful because I think sometimes as we touch into that, like stepping back into the mind that is aware, we do touch into the qualities of the wholesome mind. And it can, there's a lot of flavors that can be there. Mm-hmm. Love is one of them. Sometimes it might be calm or peace there. Could be joy, could be delight, might be interest. So there's a lot of flavors. And I love that you, you, you notice that, you know, that there can be that, that quality of love there. But it, there can be a variety of different, it's like different, it's like there, it's, it's like, that place um, where we can just be aware of that awareness, where it doesn't have the, the greed, aversion, and delusion in there. It's like there's available those more wholesome qualities. And we may get different, different flavors of, of some of those wholesome qualities. Yeah. And I do feel warned not to try to, to make, look it for it. <laughs> make it happen again. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Comments or questions about anything you noticed in the day? Any, any, uh, anything I said? Any 
anything at all from the day. When I was walking earlier today and appreciating um, the amazing diversity of things that I felt free to enjoy, I, it struck me that, and I asked, wasn't I just really experiencing relaxation? Isn't this, when we're truly relaxed, which means kind of letting go of everything, that's where we are. Isn't that and mindfulness synonymous? Um, well, I would say that in... Um, I don't know that I'd say synonymous, but there is something... I mean, certainly the relaxation... Uh, when we are relaxed, as I said, it, cre- it the conditions are there. Like when we are relaxed, very naturally, the mind is aware. And it's like that... This like babies are kind of naturally aware. You just see babies, and that's the, the state that they're in. Um, but relaxation is, is one thing, and the mindfulness is another. I would say they're very... They're the conditions of being relaxed and being kind of that natural mindfulness, they, they, go, they go hand in hand. But relaxation is kind of the, the letting go of tension... Uh, and mindfulness is the recognition of what's here. So they're, dif- they're different factors, different functions, maybe we could say. Uh, but but there's, they're, they're, I would say that, yes, when, when um, the mindfulness is natural in that way, there, there will be relaxation. Thanks for the retreat today. Um, I'd say the longer that I do this practice, the uh, kind of the mindfulness of awareness practice, um, I get uh, uh, losing mindfulness and then coming back, it bothers me less and less. So like when I first started meditating, you know, I would like try really hard to stay mindful and then, I, and then every time I kind of lost mindfulness, I would come back and there'd be a lot of like unpleasantness associated with that. And that would be, that's a pretty strong motivator to like try harder. <laughs> um, and so, you know, the longer I've meditated, especially with this practice, like when I'm not mindful, like, it doesn't really bother me anymore. Um, and so I, I can tell that I'm kind of like going in and out of mindfulness and just, you know, kind of allowing, and I feel like there's less and less technique. Like, I, sometimes I just feel like I, I, I don't even, I don't even know if I'm really doing anything. Like, there's not really a much of, of a sense of, like, volitionally meditating or anything like that. Um, and I, and I think a lot of this is good. Like, a lot of this is, like, you know, kind of letting go of the struggle, letting go of the tension, letting go of the trying and all that stuff. Um, but I guess I kind of wonder, is there going to be a point where, you know, if I keep going on this track, like, I'm just going to stop being mindful because I don't care anymore, or, like, <laughs> or, like, do uh, you, know, you know what I mean? So I was wondering if you had any suggestions. I know about what that. you mean, yes. <laughs> um, you know, there can be complacency that slips in here, you know, and 
but at the same time, you know, the thing you said about, you know, uh, kind of beating ourselves up, it's like, then that's why, you know, we, we try harder. But the trying harder there is being motivated by aversion. So, you know, that's not so helpful either. Um, but what, I think what, what the complacent, so you can begin to recognize, I mean, it might be useful to begin to recognize, is it a kind of a, oh yeah, it doesn't matter kind of mind state? Or is it an interested mind state? You know, so, so that's, that's something to kind of check into. If, if it feels like it's kind of in that place where it's like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter, look at that mind, it's self-correcting if you actually kind of, yeah, the curiosity there. It's like, um, you know, be curious about, am I, am I just going to lose mindfulness altogether? It's like, well, be curious about the mind that, that kind of has that sense of, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. It does matter, actually. You know, it matters whether we're mindful. And so, you know, the, 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 and we know that because as we lose mindfulness, I mean, like, you're not fully awakened, so, you know, as you lose mindfulness, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, of flexibility, actually, that does happen. It's quite amazing how conditioned the mind gets in the direction of wholesomeness. And so it can wander for a while and not drop into hindrances. You know, it can just be kind of just like drifting in a state of not quite mindfulness, but not really lost in thought, more kind of fuzzy or just like drifty maybe what joseph calls more or less mindful you know not that not that place where we're really clearly aware that we're mindful but it's not it's not dropping into unwholesomeness well one of the things i've seen is that when it does drop into unwholesomeness that wakes me up you know as soon as there's a a shift to something that kind of catches the mind the mind becomes alert again. And so the, 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 the mind understands, you know, with the, with the practice over time, the mind understands that non-mindfulness leads to unskillfulness and the, the practice is, has become attuned to waking up and um, meeting that unskillfulness. So it is self-correcting, but there, there can be a place in the practice where it is this kind of... You know, it, it can kind of get complacent and drifty. And if you're noticing that, be curious about that complacent, drifty state. You don't have to change the state, but be aware. Notice that. And actually, it can be, you know, be, becoming aware of that drifty kind of state can be a place where the mind settles into a a deeper kind of concentration and subtleness. Because sometimes as the mind goes into those drifty spaces, it's actually, you know, letting go of something. And it's relaxing a little bit more. And it's just losing mindfulness in that process. So just a little bit of increase of mindfulness to be with that state, not to take us out of it, can broaden our capacity to be with new states. Because I think often the mind does move into that more complacent, drifty state. As, as it lets go of mindfulness and shifts, it's like sometimes, it's, you know, sometimes it feels to me like the, the mindfulness and the wisdom are kind of trying to find their way to letting go. And sometimes they do that without our ability to follow it. And so we end up in this kind of like, oh, state. 
just be curious about what you're waking up into there. Thank you. So I wonder if you can speak a little bit about wisdom um, because as I understand the teachings, there seems to be this relationship between samadhi and wisdom. And I don't know that that means that this open awareness practice doesn't include samadhi, but yeah, what if, you know, it's like, it seems like a different kind of wisdom or maybe you can just speak to how how you get to that kind of same place or how it naturally occurs from so this practice. So what do you mean by wisdom? When you say there's a connection between samadhi and wisdom, what do you mean? I mean, it's not necessarily my individual experience, but there seems to be this in like several of the teachings, this kind of directionality where... Uh, more mindfulness brings the mind into a collected state and samadhi and then and then from that there's kind of this emergent experience of insight mm-hmm. of the reality the nature of reality of some kind of shift from the previous kind of illusory illusory state okay so um we could say that wisdom in this practice is wisdom about dukkha. Wisdom about understanding how greed, aversion, delusion lead to stress, suffering. And the release of that brings the release from that dukkha. And so the wisdom really that we cultivate, that we develop, is grows with the meeting of dukkha. And that the meeting of dukkha requires a mind that's stable because if the mind is not stable as it meets dukkha, it's going to be, you know, jumping out into reactivity and getting lost in the dukkha as opposed to, oh, this is dukkha. And so um, the concentration that's necessary for the mind to meet dukkha can be different kinds of concentration. So... Um, a lot of the time we cultivate concentration first by staying with one thing, stabilizing the mind with one thing, and that develops a steadiness of mindfulness. Actually, the definition, the true definition of what concentration is, how it comes about, is because mindfulness stabilizes over time. It stabilizes over time in certain situations on one object with the breath, in this practice, the, this concentration comes because the mindfulness stabilizes over time. Different objects, changing objects, but the mindfulness is stable. So that's the stability that the wisdom grows from. And the, the, so when the mindfulness can meet moment to moment, oh, this is what's happening, this is what's happening, this is what's happening. Here's, here's greed arising, here's how it... Here's how it touches the mind. Here's how it um, affects the other experiences. There's wisdom growing through the meeting of the suffering. Um, so that's... And I'd say, you know, in the, in the concentration practice, you know, there is some wisdom that grows 
as we settle in concentration, there's some wisdom that grows around, you know, the things that keep us from settling with one particular object, you know, the, the, the focused concentration practice, the one-pointed concentration practice, um, that when, uh, as, we're, as we're kind of navigating to stay with that one object, um, there's some wisdom that grows around the things that tend to take us away and how we can learn to let go of them. And, and then we be, we're, we're starting to be able to stay with one object. But at that point, as the concentration grows there, this, the deepening of the concentration on that one object, there's not as much wisdom that grows there. The wisdom that, <clears throat> the way the, the, the Theravada tradition teaches this anyway, is that when the mind comes out of a state of that kind of focused concentration, it's, it's, it's kind of like it's got this momentum of, of, um, of continuity. And in meeting changing experience, that's where we, we start to understand things as they are, understand the nature of reality. And so in the concentration itself, when you're in that concentrated state, it's mostly just a peaceful abiding. And it's in the going in and in the coming out that the wisdom develop. And so essentially this practice, we could say, is prioritizing the going in and coming out <laughs> over the the going, the going in and staying to that pleasant abiding. But there is a kind of a pleasant abiding that does develop. It's, it's a slower settle. I'll, def, I'll grant you that. <laughs> you know, the, this practice feels a lot more um, messy. You know, it's, it's like the, in this practice we're, we're exploring like all the messiness of our mind it's we're 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 kind of getting to know the the terrain of our minds in the broad way and yet what seems to happen there as we get to know it is it it starts to let go of some of the messiness and so it settles it settles it settles it settles and it, it gets deeper in the settling and we get to know our mind in very the very broadest of ways in the one-pointed concentration it's more like we're getting to know our, a very narrow place of our mind like this. And so <clears throat> there's a lot that we can learn there, but then when we come out, there's a lot more that we need to learn too. So, um, and, and there's, there's value to both approaches. Um, I just offer this one because I've, I've actually had my practice transformed through meeting this, this broader style. Um, but there's a deepening that happens with this... Um, style of practice that is very broad and very stable. It takes a long time to deepen in this practice, to come to the, to the real, you know, stability of the mind that sees that. I mean, the, it, through this practice, we can see things as clearly as you can when you come out of a deeply concentrated state. But it takes a while for that momentum to develop. But at the same time, while that momentum is developing, we're learning a lot. And we're also gaining some skills that let us um, navigate more ordinary things in daily life. So um, pretty much the entirety of this practice is wisdom. It's, it's meeting experience. And the, the wisdom we bring, <clears throat> or the, the kind of the attitude of mind um, that can be with experience as it is without... Um, 
um, without reactivity, that can be okay with what's happening while it's happening, that, that mind kind of has some wisdom in it. It's not um, averse, it's not holding on. And so that's cultivating that ability to be with things as they are, just in the doing of the practice. And then, and then as we see things, as we meet things, as we um, um, investigate our experience, the seeing of how our... Like the, the, like the, the, the description I said earlier in, in watching self-hatred, you know, that... Um, Initially, there was this understanding of, oh, this is conditioned. And that understanding, that's wisdom, uh, the understanding of the conditioned nature of that pattern of self-hatred, then allowed the mind to be more at ease with meeting the pattern. And then the pattern seen at a little more depth was seen a thought arising in the mind, <coughs> latching on and believing it. And the, I mean, the, the understanding there uh, that happened was, you know, it's like, it's not about me. It's like, this is the pattern. This is how the mind puts self-hatred together. It produces a thought and then it believes it. And seeing that, again, it's like, I don't know how exactly it works that that wisdom, when it sees something like that, just, it, 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 it says, you know, well, let's not do that anymore. That was kind of what, it, what happened there. You know, it's like the mind saw something so deeply. So that, the wisdom there through the seeing of just watching the pattern unfold, the wisdom was what allowed the mind to let go. So, you know, it's, it is the wisdom that frees the mind. And, um, you know, I, w- I would just say that the concentration that develops here, it's a very powerful concentration that can develop through the moment-to-moment awareness. Uh, But it does take longer to develop than the one-pointed concentration. So it takes some patience, but um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that we see on the way. And, and at a certain point too, um, for me, what happened is that it just got fun to start exploring my mind. It's like, wow, there's so much going on in here that I didn't know was happening. And it got fun even to explore the, the yucky stuff. So for me, that was the, that was the benefit. For, you know, the concentration for me was harder. You know, the, the coming into the, the, the bliss states, that took so much, so much work. And um, a lot of old habits and patterns getting in the mix there um, <clears throat> that, you know, it's like, Okay, I can I can get there. I can get there, but uh, the kind of delight and joy that I found in this form of practice—it seemed like again for me this this practice ended up being an easier an easier way in, and it may not be for everybody. It may not be for you, but uh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks. <coughs> Well, it's just about time to stop. So probably if there was another question, it would be no time to respond. So let's just end with a... Did you have something? The question is a simple one. Simpler than this device. 
just underneath the white l label, there's a button. That's great. Uh, the question is, how can we follow up? Where, where can, uh, what do we call With this up? practice? How, how can we follow up with this practice? Yes. Um, <clears throat> Learn more. Um, well, learning more, there's some books that Saito Utejaniya wrote that could, would be a place to start if you want to learn more about this particular form. Um, the, the, his teachings are available in PDF form on the Internet, so they're freely available. Um, his website, I think it's www. I'll write it down for you. You can come copy it later. Sayadawutejaniya.org. <laughs> um, and you can go to teachings and there's PDF files. That's probably the easiest way to get those books. They're also, I think, available in our library. You can, you can look at them in our library. Um, I have a number of um, these kind of day-longs recorded. I teach residential retreats in this style. Um, Diana and I will be teaching a retreat in this style come Friday at Cloud Mountain in Washington. Probably none of you can come, but there is space. There happens to be space in this retreat. Uh, most, of the, most of the retreats that I teach in this style fill up quickly, so it's a little bit unusual that there's space available. Um, so an, an, uh, a residential retreat can be a way to kind of dive in more deeply um, but, that, but a lot of the residential retreats that I have taught at the Insight Retreat Center in this style, um, I think they're, just, they're often called mindfulness of mind. Sometimes they're called awareness and wisdom. And if you go to the Insight Retreat Center website, um, you can look under the, you know, the retreats at the Insight Retreat Center and just look for retreats that I've taught with one of those two names. And you'll get a whole bunch of... Um, guided meditations, short teachings, longer teachings, dharma talks that, um, that cover this terrain. Yeah. So, um, let's just take a moment to um, reflect on our time today. And we've been practicing in a way that is very open connected to just this being here in this moment. And so it can carry out with us as we leave here. And uh, whatever benefits have come from this time today and from this week, for those of us who were here for the week, whatever benefits have come from our time together, maybe th may they be offered to support the welfare the happiness, the freedom, the peace of all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy, healthy, safe, and at ease. May all beings know peace. So thank you for coming. If there are maybe about half a dozen of you who are willing and able to stay for about 15, 20 minutes to help do some cleaning, that would be wonderful. Anybody? Can anybody stay? One, two, three, thank you. Any more? Four, thank you. Five, great. All right, so if you could check in with Maureen, uh, Maureen will help you to find some, some things to do. Thanks.